Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Gen X pro tip, guys. If you go home to your drug stash and it's gone, just run. Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre, often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, proud Gen Xer, born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. What up, Jen? What up, loser? Jenny, I have some uh, trivia for you today. So we are recording this. If you listened last week, we're recording this on the same day. It's December 23rd. So again, apologies for my voice being scratchy. Hope, hopefully next episode, I'll be fine. Um, today is the anniversary of Graham's death. She's been gone seven years today. So in memory of her, I have a Graham vocabulary quiz for you. Oh, God. Okay. Music. As you guys may have picked up, Graham had her own language for everything. Yes, she did. So I have three terms that I want to see if Jenny can come up with, okay? Jenny, what did Graham call a joint? A marijuana cigarette. (laughs) She did. She was so appalled that her five-minute stepson, he was her stepson for five minutes. Who was was like in his 20s. Smoking a marijuana cigarette around her. That kid was such a stoner. <laughs> in Graham's house. Question number two. What did Graham call the vanity in her bathroom? I have no idea. Come on, you know what she called it. A vanatorium? Yes! I was like, let me just make up a word that she would say. (laughs) She called it a vanatorium. No clue why. I think we looked this up at one point. Or is that when we were looking up sanatorium versus sanatorium? Okay. So Graham called her vanity in her bathroom her vanatorium. Okay. (laughs) Jenny, your final question. What did Graham call... The drawers where you put your vegetables in the fridge. They're crispers, right? They are, but what did she call them? God, I don't know. Something that sounds like crispers, but isn't crispers. You don't know? No. 
Think, think. No, I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. Crispilator. <laughs> oh, God. Right. She did. The Crispilators, right? Yep. yep. She called it a Crispilator. Oh, so that was Graham's language, guys. Oh, I don't know what was happening. Jenny, what did she call a, a green pepper? A mango, which I have no idea what that's about. But I think she's not the only one in that area that did that. I think it's a Pennsylvania Dutch thing. I yeah. think we looked this up. Like it refers to things that were pickled. But the but they're not pickled. I know. Yeah. All right. I know. Come at us if you call green bell peppers mangoes. I bet you we'll have some Scranton people who do. Well, and then I'm like, is it just the green ones? But like when we were growing up, you didn't have the other color ones. They just weren't around. No. Like you didn't have yellow ones and and orange ones. Just green. I'll I'll think of some more. But Although you had red ones, I think. I remember I'll think of some ones. more, but Graham had a real unique language. Yeah. And I wanted to honor her today. R.I.P. Seven years. Okay. Now, Jenny, we are finishing today. Wait, 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 wait. I have a question for you. I have a question okay. for you. The time period is two years. Infestation of ants and bees in your house or two teenage kids? Oh, oh, two teenage kids. <laughs> oh, wow. Two teenage kids, 100%. Four teenage kids. <laughs> wow. Because oh. my my phobia would start acting up and I would get your into Your phobia like... would start acting up. Wait, 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 wait. How does this phobia act up? Like I get... I Is get it like com- arthritis? No, I get compulsive behaviors. No, what are the compulsive behaviors? I would start behaviors? like pulling out my eyebrows and oh scratching my, my skin. I should be laughing at that. No, I can't. When, no, when my... You have to ask your friend Steve because he also... Oh, no, 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 no. No. But nope. when you have that kind of stuff, the thought of being surrounded by the beehive... Mm-mm. So you would yeah. rather raise four teenage kids for two years? Yes. Okay. I'll raise everybody's teenage kids. <laughs> If it meant I never had to see a beehive again. (laughs) Wow. You heard it here. Send your teenagers to Amy's house. Please don't. Please don't. All right, Jenny. Today we are looking at season nine. I don't know. Maybe it's episode 17. Episode 16-ish, 17-ish. us, we're going to say it's episode 16, part two. It's the conclusion of Home Again. Jenny, do you have a description? It's the same fucking description. Why would it be different? It is a week's passing between these episodes. Charles is forced to address Albert's recent criminal behavior. The two of them take a trip back to Walnut Grove, and Charles is hopeful that the experience will straighten out his son. Okay. Um, I I said it last time. I'm sticking to it. I'm so thrilled to see Charles back. Don't get me wrong, but I need him to dye his hair again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not okay with it. Or get it cut. Do you know how hot he would have looked? Like if he had like a real tight kind of haircut. Like a grown-up man's haircut? Yeah. But it was the 80s, so, you know, we didn't know better. All right, Jenny, we get a super long recap. Yep. And then we open on Doc Baker treating some grumpy old man named Zeb, and Zeb is calling Doc Baker a hack, and I'm here for it. I love this guy's energy. (laughs) He says, what do doctors know? They need that weird shit around their neck 
to know if my heart is beating? He's talking about stethoscope. Yeah. He's like, you, you can't see that I'm alive. My heart is beating. And I'm thinking, <laughs> this guy has a good point, actually. I, mean, I just, this is the guy that's like, weathermen don't know anything. You just look outside to see, like, yeah. like if this guy were alive today and he saw me like checking my app this morning while I'm standing next to the door outside to mm-hmm. see what the weather mm-hmm. is, he would lose his mind. If this guy were alive today, he would definitely be calling Talkback 16. And only oh, local yes. people know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he totally would be. So Zeb has been hurting really, really, really bad at night. He even cries. And he's pissed off that his wife is telling Doc Baker this. He's like, don't tell you. You fart in your sleep and I don't say anything. Like, oh it's God. real weird. Yeah. Doc's like, come here. Come here, wife. Here's some morphine. Here's 10 packets of morphine. Go nuts. Yeah, give it to this dude when when the pain is really bad, okay? And sometimes if it's really, really bad, you could give him two packs. On the way home, Jen, Doc Baker runs into the Carters and faux pas tells him, Jason's Jr. needs some glasses. (sighs) Baker offers him a ride into town to check his eyes. And I just wrote, basically, this kid is scamming. I have an index card. Um, I have a question though. At one point, Doc Baker goes, come on, Hippocrates. That's what the index card's on. For his horse, right? And I thought he said, oh, what did I think he said? Something like, come on, sex trafficker. Like, I thought I got it totally Wow. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. What is the significance of Doc's horse's name? So it's Hippocrates. Father of medicine. It's considered the father, father of modern medicine. He's Athenian, so Greek. He described in a scientific manner many diseases and their treatments after detailed observations in more than his 70 books. He lived 2,400 years ago. Say that again? He lived 2,400 years ago. Wow. He was ancient Greece. Yeah. He's older than dad. (laughs) Dad doesn't listen. Nice try. He lived to be 100. jokes about dad if he's not here. He lived to be 104. I thought this was interesting. He taught and wrote under the shade of a big plane tree. Its descendants now believed to be 500 years old. Its descendant now believed to be 500 years old is the oldest tree in Europe. Plantus wow, orientis Not only is that amazing, but it's amazing that somebody lived to be 104 years old 2,400 years ago. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. It had a diameter. It has a diameter of 15 meters. He saved the Athenians from a plague. He described epilepsy for the first time as a hereditary disease, along with several other diseases. Like there was, it's amazing how advanced the Greeks were just saying that like, this is a time when like Northern Europeans were like in caves, right? Like these guys had a, a, a modern society and they knew about a lot of diseases, but they still thought they came from like weird things. Like, curses and you know like fire and like you know like the sun shining on you like they didn't they had it took a long time to understand how you caught diseases and how they worked and and he was one of the people that really started to figure that out he described a lot of diseases as hereditary so like Mm -hmm. that you would inherit them from your parents now did they know about genetics likely not obviously but like they they understood how you could they understood the concept of genetics if they didn't know what it quite was yet. Right. Got you. Um, today, 
physicians take the Hippocratic Oath. That's still mm-hmm. a thing. One of his, one of his, which quotes is basically about, like do no harm. Well, one of his famous quotes is, which is part of the Hippocratic Oath, is as to diseases, make a habit of two things: to help, or at least do no harm. Mm-hmm. Doc Baker should listen to that. Doc Baker should listen to that, and Doc Baker should get the hell away from me in that yeah. image. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's the one thing I thought was interesting though is like do no harm is part of that whole thing, and like that was a big thing in like pagan hmm. like pagan societies like you would know that <laughs> like that was that was their whole thing is like do no harm and like that's interesting that came from like ancient greece and well i mean from where we're standing in the christian world like the well the part of the world that's christian the greeks were pagans right i mean right. that's you know the greeks and romans were pagans so Hmm. that's interesting um anything else no i just want to say what adult um that kid is how dare you (laughs) jason's jr jason's jr is like the like he is just the like embodiment embodiment of the younger sibling of the younger sibling energy like just that like Like, it's like, I feel like I could just see him when he's behind closed doors by himself. He just like shuts down like a robot. And then like when there's people around, he's just like, oh my God, people. Oh my God, I'm here. Pay attention to me. And then he just like Um, shuts down. And I feel like Albert is the embodiment of the older sibling who's just, when they want to be nice, might throw you a bone, (laughs) but they have to be on something to even interact with you. But Jeb is so that or jason's so funny oh my god this kid is scamming uh i love this it. kid reminds me of like we should fix him up with claire dane's younger sister and my so-called there life you go. they would rule the they world. would be the most annoying couple and produce the most annoying children on earth yeah maybe so doc is on to this and he gives them clear glasses and jen this kid looks just like cousin oliver you know who cousin oliver is from the brady no. bunch he looks no. a young John Denver. He's little John oh, Denver. Yeah, totally. Yep, 100%. Mm-hmm. Just then, faux pas runs in and says, Zeb, you know, the troll from earlier, yeah, yeah. is in real bad shape, Doc. You got to get yeah. out there. Like, he's, right, he's, he's hopped up he's, on sugar now. Because he's taken, well, and he has diabetes, so that's not good. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. has no morphine. Right, he's just eating sugar. Yeah. So wife is like, I gave him, Doc, I have to admit this to you. I gave him two packs of morphine. <laughs> now, Jenny, and Doc is like, um, he should be like a la la land. He should I have be a question pain. for you, though. Doc's like, that's a shitload of morphine. <laughs> now, would your, Doc's first instinct is the medicine must be tampered with. Or medicine is not working for some reason. Right. And I feel like my first instinct would be this dude, there's something really wrong with this guy. No, because I mean, anybody who takes that much morphine is going to feel no pain at all. Like, okay. there's no way. You know what I mean? Like, you would be so hot. Like, if she was like, I gave him one, he might think that. But I feel like if because she gave him two packets, like, Doc is like, he should be high as a motherfucking kite. Like, there's no way he should be feeling any pain. Now, Doc does the uh, the classic Coke move. But I think it takes a little bit of the morphine and rubs it on his gums. But I think he's doing like the scientific method, like eliminate that. The, you know what I mean? Like you, you have to take in scientific, you have to eliminate certain factors. So like, let's, let's verify that the morphine is actually morphine. 
okay, we can remove that factor. Then, because like dealing with like something's wrong with him is much more murky. Like, get rid of the factors that are easy. You're giving to prove. him way too much credit. Yeah. All right. He's taking his sweet old time. Is it the scientific method that he he tastes some of that morphine? Oh, how is he going to tell if it's morphine or not? I don't know. But right, he's exactly. Like, it's not like you have a microscope. Linger, and he's like no, rubbing his he's gum. Not. No, he's not. <laughs> he clearly could. I mean, that had to be one taste. He could tell it was powdered sugar. There's no question. Yeah. So he knows this is sugar. And he's like, he's dun, like dun, dun, So the next morning, bright and early, Doc is banging on Olsen's door. The, no, thing, that I, the thing that I think is, is, I should mention here, though, if you heard my index card in the first half about opium coming to america the opium addiction like don't forget this would be after the civil war this would be like 25 years after the civil war so they do know about the addictive properties of uh, of opium at this point in time I've, yeah because they knew that graham had a problem yes right so at this at this time they know that that morphine's addictive so you would only give it to patients like like Zeb is clearly like mortally ill. Like he's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Terminally mm-hmm. ill. So you would give it to terminally ill patients because you're not as worried about the addiction situation. Yeah. Um, so they know, like, so Doc knows about the, you know, this problem at this mm-hmm. time. So I think he's like a little more on the watch for it. Than, Doc is sus. Like the the society, you know, like these these people in Walnut Grove don't really know this, but he he seems to know it. Doc is like, this is sus. So he heads over to Nell's. And he's like, there's a problem. The morphine is sugar. The sugar is morphine. The morphine is sugar. So Nels is like, well, could the manufacturer made a mistake? And Doc's like, no way. I completely trust the manufacturer. That's the thing I don't understand. It's like, you can't rule that out. No. And especially like, if you're, say you take the Albert factor out of it or like, you know, like they know all these people, like. I wouldn't say it happened. I think that would be the last thing he would think would happen is that it happened at Olson's. Yes. He might think like in transport it happened or at the, you know what it I mean? would have been, like, it would have been better if he had said, I just got off the phone at the factory. They've had yes. no other reports of this. Right. Yeah. You know, something like, like it to assume that it, Oh, it must be all these people. I know super well that did this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that seemed odd to me. So doc is like, no dude, it happened here. And Nell says, well, nobody touched it but me. Oh, and Albert. And Doc is like, oh, fuck. Dun, oh, dun, dun. Dun, dun. Now, we know Albert's in town because he's in trouble. Right. Didn't he go through some other kind of... What? Didn't he go through some other kind of addiction or something? Around Albert? the time he burned down the... No, he was just smoking. Well, he's like, a, you know, he's done all these kinds of things before. But I have a real problem with, we know where the morphine addiction began. When he had to give him morphine for his broken leg because Edwards got Edwards. drunk and ran him over. But but that's not what they say in this. They say the kids yeah. got him started in it. Yeah. Edwards just stands there like, oh, it's not my fault. Yep. No clue. All right. So Doc asked Charles, he heads over to the mill to narc Albert out immediately. Yeah. And he asked Charles, can I talk to you for a minute? I want to know about Albert's behavior. Is it erratic? Is he up? Is he down? Does he sleep a lot? And Charles is like, Charles is like, he's a teenager. Of course he does. Right. But I and feel like deep down, Charles knows it's true. Of course he does. He's an empath. He's picked this up. Oh, God. Okay. 
So Doc confides in Charles that he thinks Albert has. Now, if you watch true crime shows, Albert has two things. Motive, but number two, opportunity. Yep. He clearly had opportunity. So Charles is like, come on, dude, there's no way. And Doc is like, if you are so sure, let's go check his things right now. Dun, dun, dun. Jenny, how would you feel if mom and Dr. Condash were digging through your underwear drawers <laughs> at home? <laughs> oh, God. So weird. That would be so fucking disturbing. <laughs> Dr. Condash is standing there with this big red mustache. Donna, dig through her shoes. That'd he be didn't awesome. have red hair. Oh. Yes, he did. The other Condash. No, Dennis. No, he didn't have red hair. It was like reddish brown. Okay. I went to the other one, though. So they're searching the room, and Charles is looking through the drawer. Nothing. Baker's like, it's in the closet. Charles looks through the closet. Nothing. He does find, like, sour balls in a pocket or something. See? He likes sour balls. Mm -hmm. And Baker's like, check the shoes. Baker's been down this road before, I feel like. (laughs) And Charles finds the morphine. Doc has to taste it real good and long just to make sure it is the morphine. It is. Okay. So at Doc's, Baker is showing Charles what withdrawal is like. He's walking him through this whole thing. He's reading a whole book on it. So this is obviously clearly known at this time. He's going to have tremors. He's going to have vomiting. Yeah, it's going to be a real good time. It's going to be real bad. Yeah. Charles says, oh, it's after school. Better head over there. Now, Gen X pro tip, guys. If you go home to your drug stash and it's gone, just run. Just run. Run, run. Well, Charles didn't really give him the opportunity to run, though. No, he didn't. didn't. He's (laughs) fucked. So Albert's turning his whole closet inside out, realizes his stash is gone, turns around. There's Charles. Like right behind the door. It was so creepy. Charles grabs him and shakes him. How long? How much? Albert's like, it's just been a few months, just a few times. And he's like, then Albert does the brilliant flipping of the script. What do you care? You were going to abandon me anyway. He's not wrong. Charles is like, what are you talking about? And Albert goes, you were going to leave me here. Admit it, admit it. And Charles is like, yeah, okay, you got me. But I did it because I love you. And I want you to get away from those those I mean, Moranis brothers fine, or whatever their names whatever. are. Yeah. The Morgan brothers. Riff? Riff Morgan, is it? I don't know. Gen X pro tip, don't hang out with somebody named Riff. Gen X pro tip, don't hang out with Morgans. <laughs> She's going to kill you. <laughs> Charles says, look, now that we know what's wrong, we we got this. Just promise me you're not going to do it again. And Albert's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to do it again. Gen X pro tip. Don't believe an addict. He's lying and Charles is buying this hook, line, and sinker. And he's like, good. I'm so glad this is over. I'm glad we got it out in the open. Everything's good. Charles yep. is such a sucker. Yep. Albert Jen spills like the Hoover Dam. But the yep. Hoover Dam doesn't spill, so that's not really a good oh. metaphor. I was just there. It's actually quite impressive. Oh, I want to go see it so bad. It's very cool, but like Lake Mead, the water is it's so dried low. Up. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So Riff Morgan did it, told me it was cool. They made me do it, blah, blah, blah. Charles is like, swear to God, swear to God. He's like, yeah, I swear to God. So they hug, and Charles is like, I'm not leaving you, dude. Okay. At Fauxpas shop. Doc Baker and Fauxpas are talking about the power of the placebo. Yep. And Jason's Jr. thinks he looks smart in these glasses. And Doc says, maybe now he'll get smarter. This dweeb. Wow. He is such a dweeb. He's so cute, though. I like that. Baker then sees Charles. And Charles tells him, good news. 
Albert hasn't been used in we're too good. long. Like two or three times. We're good. We're it's good. Over. You're good. And Doc's like, mm. <laughs> Doc's like, he goes, I feel good about this. And I wrote, oh, this is destined to crash and burn. Yeah, I mean, come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Doc says, it's look. It's never going to be that easy. Morphine addiction is not that easy. If, especially since we know he's been stealing. Yes. If you're at the point where you're lying and stealing, like you're addicted. So Doc says, just in case, take my card. If he starts acting <laughs> erratic or has extreme irritability, please let me know. And Charles is like, yeah, 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 I got this. I got this. I got this. We're good. Mm-hmm. So now in class, Jason's junior solves a math problem. And now it's Albert Albert's turn. He can't do it, Jen. Can't even think straight. Because he's going through morphine withdrawals in the fourth grade. Because this is fourth grade math. Yeah. Um, big asshole, fake John Jr., Mary, Narc, Ned. What's his name? Jeb. Jeb. Says, maybe you need glasses, loser. Like this to leave over here. Albert pummels him. Oh like, my he's God. beating the fuck out of this dude. <laughs> I mean. Then, then I had to rewind this three times. <laughs> then he turns around and slaps Mrs. Plum. I know. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I was dying. I screamed. I yeah, screamed. I bet. I bet. I mean, we needed this all through season nine. Where was this kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, we needed this. So he realizes what he does. He looks stunned. The whole class is stunned. Yeah, the whole class is stunned. He just... The whole class is stunned slash traumatized. Gen X pro tip. You slap someone you're not supposed to, just run into the woods. And that's what (laughs) Albert does. So Etta Plum immediately runs over to tell Charles. Did you notice how she was like, Charles, Charles. Like she wanted him to scoop her up. Oh, God. And whirl her around a little bit. Yeah, all right. She's like, Albert hit me and he went nuts. Charles just, all he has to do is look at Ride or Die. He just turns and looks at him. And they're (laughs) on on horses. And they're on horses. Were you happy? (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So they head over to Doc's and Doc's like, uh, I don't think you should go looking for him. I think he's going to come here. He'll be back. Yeah. Because I got the morphine, bitches. <laughs> Jenny, what's to stop him from going to another town? Well, and they, that's what he should have done. And they were looking for him. And Edwards is like, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. What? what? Why? It's a person in a very limited amount of woods. Like, <laughs> you know, all those morphine addicts out in the woods. Sure enough, they lay a trap for him, and Albert shows up, and boom, they got him. He's slinking around. He's slinking around. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Albert can't be this dumb, but then you forget, like, he's heavily addicted to this stuff, so he's not thinking straight. He's not thinking straight. So they're heading out to Edward's shack, and I just wrote, where's Edward's going to stay? I don't know. We don't know. Like, is he sleeping on the couch at I'm just like, oh, is Edward's opening a rehab now? So Charles and Edwards are in the, I'm calling it the withdrawal shanty. Okay. And it's a nice quiet night. I'm sorry, Charles and Albert are in the withdrawal shanty. Yes. It's a nice quiet night, Jen, both on the screen and in my home. When suddenly Albert starts screaming and I jumped like 10 feet. I totally remember this though. He's screaming and he's yelling, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Please give me some morphine. Yes, Jenny. Why doesn't Pa just punch him out and knock him out? I mean, this is what he, the guy does. Like, he loves to punch a motherfucker out. So, like, why doesn't he just punch Albert out? That's true. Just put him out of his misery. That's true. He could. Just knock him out for, like, 25 minutes. Charles is yelling, I can't do it. I can't do it, son. And then Albert's like, I can't breathe. I need some air. Charles takes him outside. Albert pushes him aside and starts <laughs> running through the forest. Now, I can't believe uh, Pa fell for that. Is that the only comment you have on this scene? You're not going to comment on the zany circus music? Here's what I have. If, I, if Pa had a dollar for every time he had to tackle someone in the woods. I know. <laughs> and also, like, he carries, a, like, he picks Albert up and carries, like, how do they that do this? Hot. That was hot. But, like, Albert's got to weigh, you know, I mean, 150 pounds. It's Pa. Okay, whatever. It's Michael Landon, first of all. Mm. Jenny. When when a father has been pushed by his son physically and is now chasing him through the woods to save his life, is the appropriate music... No. Yes, the, it is. You get out that Casio keyboard and give me that low C. Low D. <laughs> They're minors. The, the minor chords. Jesus Christ. So, yes, Charles carries him back to the house because he's like, I'm not letting you throw your life away. Like, it's not happening. Yep. And he's like, you're the one who put this, because Albert's going, why are you doing this to me? And Charles like, yeah. you did this to you. Charles, my heart was broken for him in this moment. Because he's yeah. giving Albert some tough love, and that's hard to do. Yep. So Laura stops by now. It's like the next day. And she's like, "Where? where is he? And Charles is like, he's sleeping. And Charles is basically like, I'm in a fucking nightmare here. And, and Laura's like, like, I'm going to take over this shit. And he's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Get out of here. Laura goes, I got, hey, everybody's permission. Ugh. 
Yeah, where's that fucker? He's not here helping. This Laura doesn't need this shit though. This, she doesn't need to deal with this. This is not her problem. No. But I love how she's like, I'll help. I'll deal with it. And then Albert wakes up screaming and his whole body's shaking. And Charles goes to Laura, get out of here. And she doesn't even argue. She just, she just she's like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> so Laura pieces out. Albert starts vomiting. He's covered in milk. He's co- Char- like, why is it? Who's okay? I'm no doctor. But whose vomit is pure white? Like, I feel like there's bile. Like, if there's nothing in your stomach, there's at least bile that's like, please tell me if you've vomited pure white. <laughs> I don't believe that this I think it's just milk they put in his mouth. Well, and Charles is yelling, get it out of you. Get it out of you. And he's just puking out the milk. It's gross. I'd be pissed if mm-hmm. I were Edwards. Now we get a Albert is through the worst of it montage. Right. And that entails Baker swinging by the mill to report to Ride or Die that Albert is through the worst of it, but it's going to get real bad now. And he has family support, and that's that's like a big step, okay? Now at the withdrawal shanty, Albert can finally eat, and he's out of bed. And he admits to Charles that he's scared because he knows that if morphine were right here and he were alone, he would do it. He says something like, I think if there were morphine here... And I were alone, I'd take it. I'm like, he sounds like Jennifer Coolidge in White Lotus. Oh, yeah, he kind of does. All right. <laughs> like, does. That's like how she talks. Did you see the Saturday Night Live skit? No. Oh, it's so good. You got to watch it. I'm going to have to watch it. Um, Guys, if you didn't hear, that just reminds me, I want to say this on the public feed. If you didn't hear my recommendation, I highly recommend recommend Bad Sisters on Apple TV. It's very good. And White Lotus, of course, which Jenny White Lotus season two is amazing. It was amazing. Amazing. It was really, really good. Mm -hmm. So Pa says, I know you would, buddy, but you're not alone. You have me. And then he says, and you have yourself. Mm, I think that's what alone means. That's the whole point of what he just said. The definition of being alone. Okay. He says, it'll take time, but you can do it. And Albert's like, but what about when you abandoned me? This is like going to be me when I'm alone with the Christmas cookies. Yeah, true. Yeah. And Charles says, shut the fuck up. I'm not abandoning <laughs> you. Like, you're, fuck I'm, off. you're coming home with, with me, yeah, moron. Of course. So the next day, they're getting ready to leave, waiting for the stagecoach. Albert asks if he could go to school for a minute. Now, I wouldn't let him out of my sight. Nope. Especially no. since walking to school means he has to go right past Baker's. I feel like yeah. Baker put that shit in a safe. But they say, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And Albert walks in and he apologizes to Mrs. Plum. And he also gives the class a mini PSA about the dangers of drugs and peer pressure. This was right around the uh, the whole just say no stuff, right? Yes. I'll um, talk a little bit more about that in my why. First but- of all, Jason did something that I wrote, oh my God, Jason. I don't know what, but Who? he did something. Who? Jason. Jason's Who? Jr. Yeah, thank you. Oh my we god, see- he's such different energy than 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 Carl Jr. We see oh my god, Jason's he's- Jr. move in on some chick. That's oh, what right, that's what he was doing. Oh my god, he's like winking at her and shit. Uh-huh, like what the uh-huh. hell? Uh-huh. That was super weird. You're telling me, Carl Jr. wouldn't do that. Yeah, he would. But then Jason gets the old four eyes thing, and yeah. then yeah. and then his glasses. He ditches are those glasses though. He's done with them. I you have to find this and put this in the Mimi Bees. They're scanning across, like when Albert's giving the speech about don't do drugs, they're scanning the classroom. 
And there's a chick in the classroom that has a full-on 80s mullet haircut. Like, they didn't even pretend, like, that it was old-timey. Like, it's full-on 80s mullet. Okay. All right. Okay. So, Jenny, as Pa and Albert drive away, a Laura voiceover tells us, A few years later, Albert returned to Walnut Grove, and we were happy to welcome him, or we were happy to welcome Dr. Albert Ingalls home again. Well, I had to rewind it a couple of times because I'm like, how many years? I thought they said a couple of years later. I was like, what the fuck? But no, it was years later. She said years later. But there's been a lot of issue with this because supposedly in a movie or something, we learn Albert has died. Oh, well, maybe he became a doctor then died. We don't know his fate. We don't know what happened to him. Mm. But Well, he wasn't real. You know that, right? I know that. Yeah. All right, Jenny, whose fault is this? This is Doc Baker's? No, it's not his Hmm. fault. He actually helped the situation. I feel like it's Edward's fault because of the original addiction. Yeah, the whole, the culprit is standing right there. And not at one point does he say, oh, shit, I feel really bad because I I ran him over drunk and the boy got on morphine. I don't know. It's whatever. I yeah, love Ryder Die, don't get me wrong, but come on. I feel like Edward's addiction caused a lot of, it was like a spiraling, rippling effect through Walnut Grove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson, something we learned from the rewatch or the original. We talk about how it affected us as children, maybe how we thought about it as adults. It's called our why. It's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this episode? This is why we were... I've. So I don't really have a why. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, I mean, I kind of do, but like, I just, it's more like an observation. Like this is why every, I think it's not because of this, but I feel like this is a result of the just say no stuff. Like this is why the anti-drug message was baked into everything we saw, like movies, after school specials. How many, how many just say no after school specials were there? When did that campaign start? It had to be when it had to be in 81 when she got into the White House. But here's my so here's my issue with this. I not only have teenagers, but I have worked with teenagers for the last Mm -hmm. 15 years. Oh, 1984 was the first when it first emerged. And I think the phrase. I think we have swung, like most things, the pendulum back too far the other way now. Like, I think in response to just say no, we've kind of really laxed our views on drugs. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we're seeing an opioid crisis in a lot of areas. No, I mean, we're seeing education is not there. Well, we're seeing opioid crisis because everybody was fucking duped by the Sackler family. Right. But we're also not, I don't think we're having the same kind of, I think there needs to be a little fear out there. Sure. I think like healthy and fear I think that's is gone. normal. I don't think that's know. gone? I think it's gone. Like, so I was thinking about this and I was talking to Timmy last night. When we were growing up, there were a lot of movies that presented alcoholism or drug use with terrifying consequences, specifically around like drying out or withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I was thinking about, and it, this was not in our childhood, this movie came out a little bit later, but was Riding in Cars with Boys, remember, when he's yeah. trying out yep. in the bedroom and she's trying to, like, you know, raise her kids movie. and stuff. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, we saw it in TV shows too all the time. Like this idea that if you did get hooked on drugs, it was not easy to get off. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think the right balance is a, is a, like, like, cause the other, the problem I have with the way this was handled when we were kids a lot of times is like, everything was just fear-based in the eighties. Like everything was driven from a fear-based thing. And it's like that sometimes works and sometimes backfires. You know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily. And I I just, I think when everything comes from a place of fear, it's hard. I think it should come from a place of reality. So like depicted in a real way, like leaving Las Vegas or something. I mean, maybe that wasn't like, that was a little over dramatic, but like just depict it as like reality and like let people make their own decisions instead of like giving it this slant of like, um, always like just I don't know the fear mongering annoys me like that I don't like that and, and I, I feel like agree. a lot of people like re- like rebel against that fear mongering type situation. I agree and I think that was the pendulum way too far this way yeah but yep. like instead of going whoosh, where we don't really talk about it much at all I disagree I feel like it's still you still see I asked movies my kids if they knew what what an opioid was and if they knew about the opioid crisis and they don't talk about that in school really i'm like really? well, i don't know if like that's a place that like they're not going to teach that in school i feel like they should that's in the, health that's, class but that's the other problem is that i feel like who was i talking to the other day and uh oh about this you know this new ai bot that like people teachers are afraid that like it's gonna be the homework people it's gonna oh, be yeah. the homework and shit it's going to. You mean the one that could write essays? Yeah. But the whole thing is like everybody's panicking. Like I got into this big AI discussion the other day. Everybody's panicking about what AI is going to be able to do. And like, oh, like kids aren't, homework's not going to be a thing anymore. And like, oh, it, it can write an essay on, on Macbeth. And like, and it's like, maybe we need to stop teaching Macbeth specifically. Like, whoa, maybe we whoa, need- <laughs> whoa. Do not go <laughs> no, for like, Macbeth. No, like maybe we need to, like, why is the curriculum still the same as when I was a kid? Like, rethink it's teaching not. it's not it's not like rethink I teaching just had, i just like maybe had homework isn't a thing maybe homework isn't a thing you know what i mean like maybe maybe pop quizzes in class are more of the way you like we just but we still approach school in the same way like you go to school no we don't class. no we don't when have you been in a classroom i mean i worked for an education company up until a couple of years ago well i was I saw in a curriculum. classroom up until six months ago yeah, but you were in they college don't teach the same way you were in college. My kids like, don't learn the same way. Well, they don't learn the same no. way, but like, a, like they're reading the same books that we they're read. Really not. The canon has completely. It hasn't completely been shattered, but the canon is much more diverse. I just had this conversation. Well, with thank my boss God. I mean, it, it could I only said, get. If, if you had an English degree in the nineties, you you worshipped at the altar of dead yeah, white no, guys. No, we just I had this, this conversation. Yeah. yeah. And when we were talking, when we were covering my so-called life. It is definitely more diverse. Now. But like, I 100%. mean, but like the content and what the content has is one thing, but like maybe the way we teach needs to be conflip- completely flipped on its head. But you can't say like, maybe the concept maybe of we school, don't, you can't say like, conflip- maybe we don't talk about Michelangelo anymore. No, it's not like that. It's just to a- have the classics. Sure. But like, if you're trying, like, but like, can you think of a different way to teach Shakespeare than making everybody read Macbeth? You probably could. I mean, I will tell you that, you know, we use different modes now. Like um, when I taught Macbeth, I would have a comic book, like a graphic novel of Macbeth. Or how many essays are in the world about Macbeth? Because it's been taught for so long. (laughs) So like 
maybe just like think of I don't and like maybe homework's not a thing. Maybe that isn't the right thing. Research shows. I I shouldn't say this so blatantly because I, I I can't back this up. When you're saying research shows, like that's research in is in starting to indicate okay. that homework is useless. Yeah. Yep. I've so been, like maybe flip I've been that on that like for a long time. But instead of worrying about the AI bot being able to do the kids' homework, maybe rethink homework. Do you know what I yeah, mean? I like mean, like so you're the talking about changed. different forms of assessment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have really gotten there. We do Good. many different types of assessment now. Um but kids need to know how to write. Sure. Of course. If that's going to be a problem. But you know like the other thing is like you know, like, oh, kids are never going to be able to know how to do, like, research. And it's like, but they do research in a different way that we than we did. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to hold all these thoughts in your head anymore. The world has changed in that way. Yeah. Like, you don't have to know all this stuff. So don't fill your head with all these things that you can look up in a second. But the problem with that is we really need to focus more on information literacy because people yes, do not 100%. know how to sort out That is a much better way. Sources. That is a much better way to yeah. spend learning time. It's like, okay, it's you have this whole giant resource and you have these bots and you have all this stuff. How do I make sense of what's correct or what is like believable and what's not? That would be a great use of teaching time. Yeah. Because like you, you have all this information all over the place. Don't you ever besmirch Shakespeare again. Oh, listen to you with these words. This is why. Oh my God. Did I tell you the funniest thing that I found? If you're still looking for last minute Christmas presents for me. I'm not, but go ahead. If you're still looking for last minute Christmas presents for me. Hold on. I got to find it. I stumbled across this the other day. And the way I stumbled across it is I was looking for the definition of this word. Chrysalism. Do you know what that means? Chrysalism. C-H-R-Y-S-A-L-I-S-M. Well, chrysalis is a cocoon of some kind or shedding of a skin. Is it related to that? Mm, Sort of, kind of. Okay, go ahead. The feeling of tranquility when you're indoors and it's raining heavily outside. Hmm. Right? So cocooning, yeah. yeah. So yeah. long story, I stumbled upon this where I found it. And where I found it was in the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm like, this, <laughs> this is a book? It came out last year in 2021. All right. Back to our point, though. Oh my my point is... Divide, I diverge. They need to have... They need to talk to kids about the dangers of drugs yep. with, with some fear involved sure but some also fear that's with based a lot in reality. of fact right yes. also with a yep. lot of fact that's my that's my soapbox have okay. you seen euphoria not yet it's on my list i really want to see it so jenny i have this is why you need to support parents who are going through this with their kids and there are <laughs> a lot of them <laughs> like when i think about friends i know who you know, their kids are addicts. Like this is terrifying to me. Support them any way you can bring them dinner, send them flowers, let them know you're here. Let them know you see them. Cause this has to be one of the hardest things on the planet. That a parent Let them come to your house through. and cry. Yes. Yes. I'm dead serious. Like I'm going through very small issues with my kids 
and it's hard. I can't even imagine. Like, did you ever see that movie with Julia Roberts? It's, I think it's called Ben. And she basically has to, like, disown her son because he's yes. such an addict. And I just can't imagine, like, a worse heartbreak for parent. So, you know, they deserve our love and our support and our help. So if you know somebody's going through it, support them. Buy them the book of obscure sorrows. Oh my god, I love the dictionary of obscure sorrows. Maybe they'll take their their mind off of shit for a while. All right, Jay. Do you you have any idea the themes and the lessons that a a young, impressionable mind could find in Macbeth? All right. I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's so many things on Earth. Like, just, like, think about it differently, maybe. Yeah, okay. All right. um, Why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? Do we know? Um, Because everything's a mess. Are we doing a child with no name? Oh, yes, we are. (laughs) I just see Manly's face on the preview, so I'm assuming Uh. we are. So we are doing season nine, episode 17, A Child with No Name. With the birth of a beautiful baby boy in the spring, it appears that Laura and Almanzo's family is now complete. I have a feeling this ends. That's it? That's it. No, I have a better description. Hold on. I'm just reading it from the source of the Little House on the Prairie site. Laura and Almanzo welcome their second child, a baby boy. They are undecided as far as names go, and Doc Baker examines the child to make sure he's in the best of health. But one fateful morning, the Wilders awaken to find their new baby dead. Right away, a dumbfounded Laura places blame squarely on Doc Baker, whose business starts to wane, and he considers leaving Walnut Grove. But when Rose suddenly comes down with smallpox, the good doctor is their only help. Oh boy. Their only hope. So Jen, That's a much it's better like a description. It's like a dishing on Doc Baker. We're doing it. I mean, we've done this before. I feel like he's done like how many times has he almost quit because he killed like three people. So guys, after that, then we're gonna do May I have this dance, which is where Willie gets married. So he goes from school to get married. Well, I mean, he's forty seven, so and then the last episode, I decided we're not going to do the one with Edwards and the orangutan. I just can't. What? I just can't do it, Jenny. What? And then hey, we've come all this way. <laughs> You're not going to do the orangutan episode? People no, are going to fucking it's, riot. It's going to be dumb. People are going to riot. And then we're doing the last one, which is hello and goodbye, where everybody leaves. Then We have to do the orangutan episode. Guys, okay, I'm gonna. Put I'm gonna quit right here, right now. I'm gonna quit right here, right now. If we're not doing for the love of Blanche, okay, we'll do for the love of Blanche. <sighs> Christ, I'm so is that the next the one? Go ahead, put your poll in. You know how this always ends <laughs> with me winning. Yeah, okay. That's how we ended up doing war games. I don't know if. Oh my god, I just came across the reviews for a child with no name and somebody named theirs Almanzo got his groove back. Ten stars. No. 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 How dare you. Alright, so we're doing, um, let's review. Season 9, episode 17 is next. Then we're doing season 9, episode 19 for the love of Blanche. Oh. Then we're doing hello and goodbye. No, we have to do may I have this dance because that's Why? Willie's What's- last episode. Oh, okay. Willie gets married, I guess, or something. Mm-hmm. And then hello and goodbye is the season finale. Yeah. Oh my God, then we're done. Yes. And then we move into 
viewers' choice spots. Okay. And three movies. Oh my god! Wait. Ah, it's a lot. All right, so two more months of this after, with like three more months, probably. Yeah, we are scheduled to end. This will end the end of March. The recording or the airing? The record, the airing. Okay. So, you know, now Jenny's added an extra week on with her love of Blanche. Aim. There will literally be people picketing outside your house. You think? (laughs) (laughs) To come all this way. We've been talking about this stupid orangutan episode for like years. I'll send my daughters to go live with them if they come here. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for bearing with us with our missed episodes and my sick, sick voice. Even though it's January when you hear this, we hope you all had a really good um, holiday and... Happy New Year. And um, if you haven't already, check out our Patreon for $5 a month. You get two bonus episodes. And right now we're doing My So-Called Life and Rock of Love. I don't know what we'll do after. We'll see. Maybe some blockbusters or something. We'll figure it out. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.